It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Holds Mitley coaches will always tell you that no win is ever pretty. Uh, well, I shouldn't say no win is ever pretty. No win for this organization is ever pretty, it seems. Over my uh, 14 years now, this is year 14, uh, for me around this organization and covering it uh, and so on. And, you know, listen, this game, David, as everybody knows that watched it, listened to it, followed it, and is going to dissect it and break it down. And you and I were both here obviously, um, you, you know, it, it, there was a time where you absolutely thought the commanders were going to start their commander era at 0-1, and yet they were resilient. They fought back. They 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 kept clawing. They kept scratching. It was the furthest thing from pretty. They should have lost the game several times over, and yet they came away with a win. But again, in a word, roller coaster is really the only way you can kind of describe the overall flow of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And look, uh, roller coaster is the way that some things go in life. Ruth Smith, shout out to you watching right now on YouTube for helping us out as this episode started off on a little oh. bit of a roller coaster oh uh, run due to our move to StreamYard. But we're going to get the kinks worked out, guys. We're going to get it all worked out. So, Ruth, shout out to you for helping us out there. It's a team effort, right? And that's what the Washington absolutely. Commanders came through with was a team effort in the beginning of this game. All Washington Commanders and, and the Jacksonville Jaguars did a little bit to help that out. Shout out to head coach Doug Peterson who decided, you know what? I don't want three points in the first half. I'd rather go for it on fourth down, even though my team, honestly, up to that point, really hadn't shown anything to make him think that they're probably going to convert said fourth down for a touchdown. Gives the ball back to the Washington Commanders instead of taking those points. And that actually comes back if you if you really kind of want to go through the dominoes of the game. Kind of comes back to bite them because in the second half, they actually end up scoring a touchdown. They go for two. They mm-hmm. miss the two-point conversion. They get those six points back. That's two field goals that they got back that they missed. They missed one kick, didn't go for the other one in the first half. So really kind of breaking even there instead of coming away with 12 points, potentially. Instead, they come away with just the six points. The Washington Commanders, again, started off hot. And Chris, I'm not going to lie, during halftime, I'm sitting there next to, to Candy Waller of Seawall Entertainment. Shout out to her. And I'm saying to her, and I'm kind of saying to myself, I'm like, you know, really hope this team just kind of doesn't go to the locker room and not so much start feeling themselves as week one. I don't think any pro mm-hmm. athlete really kind of gets wrapped up in that. But just kind of start getting a little overconfident, come out with a little bit of lack of an en- energy. And that's exactly what we saw, unfortunately, in the second half. We did for much of, you know, and I would even argue that that started in the second quarter, right? Um, you can start to see the ebb and the flow after the first Jahan Dotson uh, touchdown. You could start to see at one point there was a 26-play stretch stemming from the, the Jahan Dotson first touchdown until the Terry McLaurin um, the, the drive that led to the Terry McLaurin 49-yard touchdown, which we're going to get more in detail, where they had 26 plays run, 89 net yards, three turnovers, a sack, and uh, and 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 something else that went wrong in a, a couple of penalties yeah. in that mix. So again, 20 a 26 play, 89 net yard with all of those turnovers, all of those mistakes. 
And that was, again, a large part of the second quarter from Jahan Dotson's first touchdown all the way until the fourth quarter. So, I mean, things were far from pretty. Things were far from effective uh, throughout the whole game. Yet, if you didn't watch the game, David, and you look at the box score, you say Carson Wentz threw for over 300 yards, four touchdowns, right? Great, great. And here we are discussing, yeah, you know what? It was a roller coaster of a game. Uh, they did a lot of good things. They also did a lot of bad things, which we're going to obviously get in more detail throughout the week. Yeah, but let's finish this segment real quick with the good and, and some of the best parts of the good. We got more good coming, so we're not mm-hmm. just going to talk about this, but our plays of the game, my play of the game, 49-yard touchdown pass from Mr. Carson Wentz to star wide receiver number 17, your program's number one in your hearts, Terry McLaurin. Uh, that, that score made it 22 to 20. The commanders mm-hmm. did go for the two point conversion, did not get the two point conversion, but it brought them back from an eight point deficit to a six point or to a two point deficit, getting the six points. And to me, that was absolutely crucial because up to that point, this thing really had started to slide back. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you kind of got a feeling like, okay, this is going to go on one. There's going to be a loss of the Jacksonville Jaguars back to back number one overall picks. That's not the team you want to lose to to open the season. That play right there, because even that drive, honestly, didn't really start all that great. Right. But that play specifically, really kind of broke that mold, kind of shook them out of that slumber. And really it was the, uh, to me, it was the turnaround point of the comeback. Absolutely. It was exactly the reason why you go out and get Carson Wentz and obviously re-sign Terry McLaurin to a long-term deal. For me, it was, we mentioned John Dotson's first touchdown. That was cool. That was his first NFL catch. But of course, his second touchdown goes for 24 yards from Wentz again to make it 26-22. They converted on the two-point conversion right after that to J.D. McKissick with 146 left. Listen, hard to beat that, right? It's the go-ahead game-winning touchdown. It was a perfect seed of a throw from Carson Wentz. Jahan, uh, you know, obviously did a good job coming down with it, but I mean, the throw is in the perfect location. I, I think the level of difficulty on his first one was a little bit more than his second one, but it was still an example of what Jahan Dotson is going to bring to this offense. And man, did they need every last bit of what Terry and Jahan gave them. Yeah, and hopefully he helped out your fantasy roster yes. out there as well if you had him on your fantasy roster. Absolutely. He helped out mine. Coming up, we're breaking down the offensive and defensive performances overall after a wild win for the Commanders from here live at FedEx Field. But we're here to tell you about our friends at Brightco. Imagine the wedding proposal of your dreams, a beautiful sunset and a nice breeze. You don't forget a thing. You got her family waiting in the background so she can't see, so she doesn't know. But are they waiting for you to find the ring? Uh, that's right. Uh, something happened here, right? You fumbled. You Curtis Samueled the engagement ring. All right, that's maybe a little unfair shot at Curtis Samuel, but you get the point. That gorgeous engagement ring that you brought to celebrate, your love fell out of the case and fell through the crack of the pier, and then you chose to just have to get through the most important question of your life, but because you had the support of our friends at Bright Co. Jewelry Insurance, you are not alone. You're not screwed if you take our advice. Here's the deal, brightco.com. Uh, Bright, Bright Co. Jewelry Insurance, I should say, will make you get a replacement for the full value of that ring, no matter what happened, old Butterfingers. That's right. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to bright.co forward slash locked on to protect yourself, your future, and a bad omen for said future. It doesn't just have to be a ring. It could be that pricey watch or whatever you might own. You can get it for $5 a month and get covered in two minutes on your cell phone. Don't hate insurance. Love it because we all need it. And now you can get it quicker. Then the commander season is going to go haywire. 
It already has at bright.co forward slash locked on. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks once again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch each and every day. Of course, here at FedEx Field, along with my partner, David Harrison. And David, we go right into the offensive takeaways. Uh, again, we touched on some of what was good and maybe not so good for the commanders. But your big picture takeaway from this ver- this version of the 2022 commanders offense, which is certainly different than the last time we saw them on the field in a game that actually counted. Yeah, for one, the newcomers are making a big impact. You know, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see a couple of the newcomers. Brian Robinson Jr. still recovering uh, from unfortunately being shot. Cole Turner. Uh, the the exciting rookie tight end, not able to play in this game, but you get Curtis Samuel on the field. And I talked to Curtis Samuel briefly in the locker room. He basically asked him how he felt in this game alone. He had more touches, more yards, and more touchdowns than he did in the entire last season for the Washington Commanders in his first year there. A lot of people disappointed in what they didn't get out of Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel himself, he was confident what he was going to bring to the field once he was healthy. He told everybody all preseason, all Mm -hmm. training camp, I'm healthy. I'm getting there. Ron Rivera told us there's a process. There's a plan in place. We're going to get Curtis back on the field when his time comes. We saw him get back on the field. Now we see him in the regular season. You saw exactly what we've been seeing all training camp, not just the short game, but his ability to make guys miss. Darius Williams, cornerback for the Jaguars, is going to have nightmares. The number 10 is now his least favorite numbers because he made them look <laughs> foolish so many times on that field today. J.D. McKissick also had a very nice move. He put on a Jaguars defender as well. But Curtis Samuel, Carson Wentz, can't wait to see Brian Robinson get back on the field. Cole Turner, once he gets on there, because, guys, you're only seeing the beginning of what this offense can produce. I'm not trying to get two people too, too excited, right? But people talked about, are we going to get bad Carson Wentz or are we going to get MVP caliber Carson Wentz? Uh, and shout out to another member of the media. can't remember his Twitter handle and name right off the top of my head right now, so I kind of apologize for that. wish I had written that down. But this is Carson Wentz's first four-touchdown game, Chris since he tore his ACL against the Los hmm. Angeles Rams. All right, that's an interesting note that I didn't realize. By the way, Curtis Samuel, 11 targets. Yeah. Eight catches, 55 yards. I mean, you say, well, what's special about that? Uh, but the three-yard touchdown one was a perfect example of, I think, what Curtis Samuel brings. You mentioned all the juke moves and leaving guys in the dust. That was very easy to see. Now, he did have a costly fumble, right? So we should point that out. That's got to get cleaned up. But on the touchdown, David, I love he was spread out far wide. He ran basically a jet motion towards the line of scrimmage or towards the offensive line, stopped, put on the brakes, and came right, and squirted right back out into the right flat. So you get the defense looking one way, and then you put the brakes on, and you come back the other way, and Carson sees it right away boom first read and a three-yard touchdown so again it's sometimes not always the numbers or the fantasy numbers or the you know whatever that you're looking it's the kind of production and Curtis outside of that fumble loss was huge for them in the first half my offensive takeaway and this is something that yeah I don't want to say it bothered me actually I think it it made me sort of happy right um this team was 
sort of at its best last year when they were able to run the ball and control the clock during that four-game winning streak. Today, not exactly that. They were able to control the clock to the tune of 32 minutes and 57 seconds, which is huge, right? 33 minutes, you'll take that every week and 10,000 times on Sunday. But how did they do it? Only 85 net rushing yards. They had 95 technically gross, but remember they had a gross play that was blown up for a 10-yard loss. Jahan Dotson got stuck in the back. We'll get more into the design of that play and the, the necessity of by Scott Turner later on and during the week. But only, nine, only 85 net rushing yards and still almost 33 minutes of possession. So that tells me one thing. Of course, they had success throwing the football, as we illustrated, but they also had a lot of success on third down, 7 of 10, 70% for this offense on third down, and again, mostly through the pass, but some run mixed in there. That was the key, keeping the Jaguars off the field, keeping their deep or offense off the field, keeping their defense on the field, and it allows you to kind of dictate some things as softer coverages break down as the game goes along. That was huge for me. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, without a doubt. And then looking on the defensive side of things, I got to give some praise to this defensive line, mm -hmm. especially with the way things progressed during the game. Early on in this game, you lose your second-round draft pick, Fedarian Mathis, mm -hmm. who was supposed to be a very big part of this defensive front. There are some looks and some things that we've kind of seen them working on with Fedarian Mathis as kind of – I'll call him the centerpiece. I mean, John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young when he gets back, obviously they're all the centerpieces, right? But there's certain things that Fedarian Mathis kind of makes that thing work uh, if they're able to pull that off. So losing him – uh, you know, we, we fear how long it's going to be. We're not going to speculate on that right now. Ron Rivera said there is an MRI coming, but he did admit they're concerned. And I think everybody's concerned. You know, the players on the field all took a knee while he was injured. But what I will say is that moving on beyond that, Trevor Lawrence sacked twice in this game, harassed all day long. He did not have a drop back, maybe two or three drop backs in this game where he was back there comfortable, able to really kind of just take his time and scan the field. And that, you know, you, you want you want sacks, you don't want hurries, you don't want hits, you want the sacks, right? But the hurries and the hits, they do have an impact. And I go back to one place specifically, Trevor Lawrence drops back. He's looking forward, he's looking downfield. The coverage is good, the pressure is coming, and he's so wrapped up in what the pressure is doing and how to get out of it as a passer that, Chris, he doesn't see the 60 yards of field to his right side. If he turns his head just a little bit to the right, and takes off running, he's at about a 40-yard gain, and mm. that's actually not hyperbolic. Like 60 yards may be hyperbolic. 40 yards is actually pretty realistic. There's a play, uh, like I said, you can go back and look at it there, but he's so focused on what's happening from that defensive line, so focused on is my pocket holding up, where is my outlet guy so I can get rid of the ball, that he never has the opportunity to see that or take advantage of it, and that's what the pass rush can do. That's what we saw today. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars little bit of a grain of salt, right? But hey, look, Brandon Scherf is on that team, so they've got they've got some good uh, pass pass blockers on there, at least by reputation. So very very happy with what we saw from pass rush. Looking to see if they build on that moving into week two. Cam Robinson as well. I thought there was a period of the game where the Jaguars actually started to cook, where the pass rush dipped off. Quick attack, quick game, quick throws. They knew they were struggling to pick up the commander's pressure. But David, I'm going to double down a little bit on that. Yes, the defensive one, but also specifically again on third down. Remember how horrific this team was on defense last year on third down. Almost almost a 50% clip, right? Not quite, but almost. And at one point early in the season, it was like 60%. It was just God awful, right? Today, three of 12, the Jaguars were on the money down. And here's a couple of isolated examples. Deron Payne had a sack late that was set up by Montez Sweat coming around the edge. Deron Payne came up the middle, got Trevor Lawrence. 
Also, he had a big, big hit on Trevor Lawrence and pressure in the red zone on the on the Jaguars' first drive of the game that forced the field goal. Remember that uh, after they missed a wide open touchdown. Okay, Jonathan Allen had a sack on third down on the second series of the game off of a stunt and twist. Montez Sweat, several big pressures on third down, including on that pain sack, as we mentioned. That was late. And also, don't forget the heavy pressure and hit on third down again that forced the Derek Force interception at the very end of the game. That was from Montez Sweat. Maybe he got away with one. Maybe he got away with one, but it they didn't see it. They didn't call it, so it must count. So third down defense, but the pressure generated on third down, huge for the commanders. Absolutely. Look, it's only a crime if you get caught, right? Shout out Absolutely. to Super Chef and Tyler. We'll also see you in the live chat, guys. If you're in the live chat, uh, make sure you shout out to us. Let us know where you are, where you're at. Ask your questions if you have them. We're going to save this live chat. We're going to come back on our full Episode on Tuesday, we'll answer some of those questions as we dive deeper into this game with our full. I got a notebook back here full of things that we need to dive into. But real quick, we're going to dive into the game balls. But I wanted to give a shout out to defensive line coach Jeff Scanina, that volleyball drill that we've been seeing him do in practice and in training camp. This defensive line not just got pressure, not just got a couple of sacks, but also had multiple tipped passes coming from Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is not a 5'10", 5'11", 6'1", quarterback. This is a tall dude with a very, very tall arc. So for the fact that those guys are getting up there and volleyball spiking uh, some of these passes, also shout out to Travis Etienne for volleyball spiking the pass as well. That helps. <laughs> um, uh, that shout helps. out to Jessica Nina for that coaching because that came in big today. Jerron Payne had one of those for sure. All right, guys. Our game ball is coming up live here at FedEx Field, but we're here to tell you about our friends at Prize Picks and PrizePicks.com. If you're looking for a fun, easy way to – have a, a little competitive spirit in your life. Daily fantasy, the way to go is prize picks and prizepicks.com. They are so easy to play. Get in on all the action. All you have to do is listen to our friendly advice or check out the guys at prizepicks.com. They're never going to lead you wrong. They're going to give you plenty of options. But let's say on the Monday night game, tomorrow night between Russell Wilson and Denver, uh, going against his former team in Seattle and Pete Carroll. Is Russ going to cook, as the kids say? Well, the advice here would be to take Russ more than the 255.5 passing yards as he tries to prove what Seattle doesn't have anymore. Or maybe you're a believer in old Geno Smith, who replaces Russell Wilson going more than his 195.5 prize picks projection. That's all you have to do is take two guys. You could take up to five. You could go running backs, wide receivers. You can go receiving yards. You can go rushing carry, whatever you want. And whatever you want to play between two and five, is the pick that you need to make, and then you are in on the action. And what can you win? Well, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the prize picks projections available. Prize picks offers predictions on every projections on any sport that you watch, including college football and baseball as well. Safe and fast withdrawals. They are available in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. So here's what we want you to do. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks is going to give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks is going to give you 50. It's that simple. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Revenge game one in the books. Carson Wentz has exercised that demon. The Indianapolis Colts not too hot here to start the season, Chris, without Carson. So, uh, you know, one weekend, overreaction Monday, right? Uh, the Washington Commanders won that trade. The Indianapolis Colts had the egg on their face. So that's going to be the <laughs> deciding factor here. Again, shout out to all of you joining us live, and shout out to all of you listening or watching after the fact. If you're confused by the beginning, yes, I forgot to unmute us on the new StreamYard uh, software that we're using. So sorry for the gap in the beginning of quietness, but you're getting the important stuff. What you missed is the intro stuff, and some of you hate the intro stuff. <laughs> anyway, we're going to wrap up this episode with our game balls. And Chris, we've done our players or our plays of the game. We've uh-huh. kind of broken down the offense and defense a little bit. We'll get a little bit deeper into that tomorrow uh, again. But we're now we're talking about game balls. And I like to look at guys that are kind of like rising above an adversity or, you know, maybe they're in a slump. It's week one, so there are no slumps, right? So I'm looking at safety Derek Forrest, the second-year guy having to step in in a very big spot for veteran Cameron Curl, who was missing this game, uh, obviously with that thumb injury. And look, I know it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, team that, you know, back-to-back years, you know, first first overall pick and, and all this stuff. These are still NFL players. These are still guys who get paid millions of dollars, some of them, hundreds of thousands of dollars, the rest of them, to come out here and dominate another opponent. So these are not guys who are talentless, right? We talked about this before. It takes a very, very extreme amount of athletic ability and talent to suck in the National Football League. So just think about that uh, for what it's worth. But Derek Forrest came in a very big spot. The teams were relying on him. You know the Jacksonville Jaguars have their eyes on him. And not only did he make the game-cinching, the win-clinching interception at the end of the game, I almost I didn't unmute myself there, so hopefully you guys heard me through Chris's mic. But he also came up with a lot of other plays on the playing field, made some very big tackles. Derek Forrest, number twenty-two, doing much better than I'm doing on our first live episode here from FedEx for the for the regular season. It's okay. We'll you know, get better. You guys. know what? It can happen. You can turn the ball over, or you can turn the show over, the microphone over, and you can still win. That's right, as the Commanders did, and partly in because of guys like Derek Forrest. Let me tell you something. After the game, I don't know if you saw this. Maybe you went to the locker room first, but I hung up in the press box a little bit because I had to do something for CBS Sports Radio. He did a handstand and a cartwheel in the end zone behind us, literally because he was so excited. And, and here's the thing. I was so excited about it, and yet your boy forgot to ask him about it. We have a little video interview that hopefully we'll be able to bring you on the next episode with Defoe because he was awesome, not only on that game ceiling interception, but on a two-point conversion attempt that he knocked away. Also at the end of the first half, back-to-back plays against Etienne for a five-yard loss. And then in the back line of the end zone, he was awesome, awesome, awesome. He was, you know, I mean, if Deron Payne wasn't the defensive star of the day, Defoe was the defensive star of the day for the commanders. I'm going to go with the receiving group as a whole for my game ball, and I'll make this as quick. We've already talked about Terry McLaurin, the 49-yard touchdown, Jahan Dotson, the two touchdowns, but two guys, and, and Curtis Samuel, we also talked about him. One guy that really didn't get any appreciation, Logan Thomas. He had a 20, I think it was a 27-yard catch and run 
on third down um, and eight as the commanders were making the comeback and that set up the, it was the play before the 49 yard touchdown to Terry McLaurin that got them to midfield uh, again, caught up with him in the locker room. Hopefully we'll be able to bring that to you on the next episode. And as well, Antonio Gibson, who had, yeah. I think it was a couple of catches, but two catches, one for 25 and one for 26 out of the backfield. So again, different ways, different production, wasn't on one guy. So the receiving group as a whole, and I'm going to real quickly throw one guy that maybe needs to step up his game, Sam Cosme. I I didn't think he was horrible, uh, but he allowed the eight-yard sack uh, again to Trayvon Walker, who was awesome, had a sack and an interception in his NFL debut. Got to be better in pass pro because guess what? It gets no easier. Aiden Hutchinson next week in Detroit. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, quarterback Carson Wentz, super, super chef. You mentioned it in the uh, the live chat as well. Carson Wentz obviously deler- deserves a lot of props. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you got a game ball from uh, from Coach Rivera, you know, un- unconfirmed, but I'm, I'm sure that it happened. Four touchdowns leading the team back. Ron Rivera said, you know, after the second interception, he went over to him, said, look, man, we're going to need you back out there to win this game. And he looked at him and said, I will. Uh, and he walked confident. I actually pulled out the binos, looked at him on the sideline after that second interception. Didn't look like a defeated guy. Didn't look like a guy who was shell-shocked, nervous to go back on the field. Looked like a composed professional. He came out there. Uh, and again, wasn't pretty. Similar to this episode, our first live one from FedEx Field. Again, look, we're going to be coming back to you guys every home game from FedEx Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I will be in then. A few road games as well we'll be uh, at together. I know most of the divisional games, not all of them, I think most of the divisional games, we do plan on being at Indy. We'll be at in Chicago. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. being, you know, I'll be I'd love to, in Chicago. Things have to work out. We'll see what we can we can put together. But every home game, we do plan on coming to you guys live. So we will get better at the button configuration here. But we appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on this episode. Just be patient. Just like the commanders, some ups and downs, some roller coaster theme of the show. We're going to get you covered. All right. Thanks again, guys. Uh, and commanders fans, congratulations. You guys deserve this. We're very pumped up. Uh, obviously, for you, it's always great to start 1 0. It means nothing long term or big picture, but it's much better to start off 1 0 than 0 1. But thanks for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. This will, of course, serve as our full Monday episode as well. Uh, now, for your second uh, listen and view, go back and check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It was an eight episode extravaganza getting you ready for the entire season. David and I were featured, of course, in the NFC East bundle. You can also check out David in the NFC South bundle with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. Search that up on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. As we mentioned, we'll be back with a full episode uh, for the uh, on the next edition where we'll break down more in detail what went right, what went wrong as we get you set for the Detroit Lions coming up next Sunday in Detroit. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577 on the voicemail or locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Or David Harrison is covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country. I'm Chris Russell. We're have the Russell and Ned Hurst Show on Team 989 9 to noon Eastern time, Monday through Friday, and anytime on the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe and kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here from FedEx Field. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.